Virtuous Optimus Podcast is a registered trademark of Virtuous Optimus LLC. Music copyright to respective artists. Copyright disclaimer under Section 107 of the Copyright Act of 1976. Allowance is made for a fair use for purposes such as criticism, comment, news, reporting, teaching, scholarship, education, and research. All other material 2017. 2020 by Virtuous Optimus LLC. All rights reserved for personal use only. You Twenty. Up in the house, man. That's a nice one. Through it all, you gotta stand tall. I'm standing tall. <laughs> you are now tuned in to Virtuous Optimist Podcast with your soul sister Chaz. I have a special, special, special guest, and actually this this guest is significant. His position in the music business is super significant, and it's one of the positions that you never really hear about. You always hear the finished product, you love the tune, but you don't know or you don't see what goes on behind the scenes to make that tune your favorite tune. So I want to welcome to Virtuous Optimist Podcast, Doc Holiday, vocal yo, yo, coach. Yo, 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 what's up, y'all? What's up, y'all? I'm glad to be here. I'm excited. I'm so glad to have you here. It's my pleasure. So I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Yes. Like I said, your role and your position in music is super significant. Thank you. And we ne- we never hear about it. Yeah. You know. Well, you know, um, most most of the time in the in the music business, guys like us, we run we run under the radar. Yeah. And particularly. I, I've, for years, I've liked to run on the radar. I think yeah, it's, it's, yeah. You know, it's safer for me that way. Right, right, you know, yeah. And, um, that way I can stay, uh, you know, although I've been on Front Street too, you know, I've done television and done yeah. the whole nine, but uh, for, for many years, you know, it's like, you know, you're producing, you vocal coaching all these people such as Britney Spears and Backstreet mm-hmm. Boys. Mm-hmm. We're developing these acts. Yeah. You know, we're getting them before you even know who they are. Yeah. Before you even know they exist. Right. Uh, usually when they come to me, it's years before anybody's gonna hear them. Yeah, you know? wow. And, uh, you know, for example, with the Backstreet Boys, uh, I got with them and it was four years before anybody in the world ever heard who they were. Really? You know, I mean, like on the big stage. You know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we they went, I, I remember we did a, uh, we did the spring break thing in Florida, in Miami. Mm-hmm. And we bombed, you know. Yeah. And I, I knew we were going to bomb, you know, because I've been, I've seen. Like that. vocally is what you're yeah, saying? Just the entire thing was, you yeah. know, just lack of experience, you know. I mean, they weren't ready. Yeah. You know, but management thought they were. Mm-hmm. And um, I explained to management, I said, it takes a while. I said, they have to get on the job training. Yeah, so yeah. they had a hookup in Europe where they could tour. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a lot of money, but it was a tremendous amount of exposure. And it was, uh, you know, a lot of, lot of clubs, a lot of bars, and it wasn't arenas yet. 
that got them to where they were, you know, and got you know, what we call on-the-job training, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. So I would fly to Europe, and we would tour. We'd do these little dives and stuff, but it was a great experience. Yeah. Uh, it helped me hone my craft. Yeah, you yeah. Know? So what uh, year was this? This was, God, oh, man. I, it's 90s? Hard, yeah. Is it just it, 90s? It was, it was, yeah, it was definitely 90s. Okay. Definitely 90s, yeah. Definitely in the 90s. And, uh, whenever the Backstreet Boys would come out. I don't know mm-hmm. when that was, you know. Yeah. We did them, and right after that, I did uh, NSYNC. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we did, and I knew Justin was going to separate from the group. Yeah. We knew that early on. You know, I told them, I said, look, man, you got a solo artist right here. Yeah. And they said, yeah, you think so? I said, absolutely. You yeah. Know? And uh, I knew he was going to be an actor, too, because at 15, he could do so many impressions yeah. of different uh, celebrities. Mm. I mean, I was fascinated by this cat. Yeah, you know? yeah. He was, he was a pretty phenomenal cat. And he was cool. And he was from um, the town that I graduated from high school, which Where's is that? Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis, Tennessee. Okay, yeah, so yeah. that's so, where you're from, Memphis? Well, I grew up in Memphis. You know, I was born in L.A., but I grew okay. up in Memphis. Yeah. Okay. I grew up in Memphis and spent time in Chicago and New York. Got it, got it. Yeah, but... um. You know, and then I went to school in, uh, at, at the HB, HBU, HB, you know, HBCU? Ten, HBCU at Tennessee, Tennessee? State. Yeah, went okay. To Tennessee State. From there, I went to the University of Michigan mm-hmm. and went to grad school at USC. Okay, you know. okay. So, yeah, we're going to talk more, more about your education yeah. and um, theory and stuff. What I want to do is is the icebreaker. Okay, what do you want to do? What her hair do. What her hair do is an icebreaker that I created okay. and because I heard a brother one. To view the full icebreaker segment of What Her Hair Do with vocal coach Doc Holiday, tune into our YouTube channel. That is Virtuous Optimist LLC. We'll also link you. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Opening. Now we're beginning to open up. Now. Okay, so this you is know. special. Okay. You know, for, okay. For, for, for a lot of years, I had to I had to downplay mm-hmm. how big my shit was. Yeah. I said, when you're working with the biggest pop acts in the world, they try to cut you, man. Dang. Okay. You're a target, man. Okay. So I had to kind of like slip and slide under. I would go into these to these uh, big arenas like Constitution Hall in D.C. Yeah. And they'd be saying, "Who's producer? Who's producer?" They walking around. Who's producer? Who's producer? And, and not guys, even looking at you. No, I'm, you I'm, this is me. Who's the producer? Who's the producer? I'm like, I don't, I don't got no laminate on. I ain't got no no identification shit. Because yeah. I, I purposely didn't wear shit just because I was that guy. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. No, I ain't got to wear shit. Y'all know me. Yeah. You know, I'm showing up, man. Right. You know, <laughs> if, you with, if anybody with me, they can come in. The guy said, oh, the stage man said, oh, that's, that's the producer right there. And the guy said, how you doing, sir? Mm-hmm. Doc Holiday. Yeah. And when he when he touches my hand, he's a mm-hmm. stage manager. I got about three hundred cash in my hand, mm-hmm. and I folds it up in his hand. Mm-hmm. I said, "You let me know if you need something, okay? Let me know if you need something. Yeah, I'm your guy. Yeah. I said, help me get through the night. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm just gonna cause I, cause I gotta get ready for the next town. Yeah, yeah. Soon, 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 that last tune go down. Yeah. I'm 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 getting ready for the next town, man. Yeah. I'm trying to make sure these trucks, I'm talking to the truck guy, the truck video, all departments, y'all ready to go? Yeah. Okay, because I'm trying to get out, because I'm trying to go. I done got me somebody on the side waiting. I'm yeah. trying to 
get to that. Yeah, you know yeah. What I'm <laughs> Right. Or, or some, I got something going on, and it depends so on what town so I'm in. Tell me this. I got to ask. So, yeah. you single this whole time when you on tour? <laughs> um, well, when I was younger, I wasn't single. No. no. Okay. But you I was, were still I was doing married, your thing. I was married for 16 years. Okay. You know, and uh, a lot of that time I was a touring, well, most of the time I was a touring musician. Okay. You know? Okay. And, uh, when it, when it got into uh, the point where I was doing television, mm-hmm. uh, where people could see my face, then it became, um, it started to become a problem for the relationship. Because mm-hmm. it was getting too much attention. It was way too much. Well, and, that, and then, you know, people had to, they had to identify her with me and, you know, and then, it, you know, it was a safety thing, you know, I didn't want the kids to be all up in the mix, you know. Yeah. You know, and it was like, you know, man, I don't like Hollywood. At least y'all was successful at that, though. A lot of people aren't successful. Well, well, you know what's crazy is that all of my kids are involved in entertainment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At some point I know this Shaka. You know, you know Shakur, right? Shakur. Yeah, and then that's, okay. that's, that's Naila, you know. Okay. And she's a filmmaker and she's a producer. She produced the last Emmys. Okay, she's yeah. here in L.A. Yeah, they, yeah. Three of them are here in L.A. Okay, okay. And then there's Marjani. She's the youngest. She's in public relations. She's uh, handles all the social media for uh, Toyota Worldwide. Okay. You know, and shit like that. And okay. I don't, I don't know what else she's doing. I can't keep up. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm, know, it's hard mm-hmm. for me to keep up with them because I got my own shit. And, you yeah. know, and I set the comp- corporation up so that everybody could shoot their shit through it. Yeah, yeah. Know? And I tip off this. Yeah, this, yeah, this, yeah. This <laughs> You know, consequently, I, you know, if I'm not working, I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. See, <laughs> and that's how it should be. Me, I'm just trying to set up. I'm at the point now where I can get monies from the government. Yeah. I get all kinds of shit now. So yeah. I'm getting ready to tap into those things. Yeah, you know? as you should, because you've yeah. paid into it for so long. Yeah, that's what they were saying, man. I'm like, well, they said, they said, they said this is your money, man. Yeah. You know, and I talked to Quincy. Quincy said, yeah, man, I get all the shit they're giving out. Mm-hmm. Quincy Jones? Out. Yeah, he said, I'm getting all the shit they're giving out. Yeah. You know, he was one Quincy. Quincy was a motherfucker. He's yeah, like, yeah, ooh, that dude, man. Quincy and I go back, man. You know, I worked with I worked with his record label. He when he had a record label, I was developing, helping him develop his artists and shit. Okay, you know? I turned him on to Saida Garrett. Saida Garrett. She sang "Man in the Mirror." She wrote "Man in the Mirror" with Michael. Okay, okay. And she's a female voice on that. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's a good friend of mine. You know. Okay. Yeah, and uh, Quincy kind of made like his adopted daughter sort of. Okay. You know? So, you know, she's over there for the holidays and all that kind of shit. Now, my my partner, who I was with for 10 years, who I told you passed away, mm-hmm. she was a chef. Okay. Yeah, Quincy, yeah, you told me She was too. Quincy's personal chef. Wow, okay, yeah. okay. So we was all up in the mix. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. You, know, yeah. you well-connected. Yeah, it was real deep. Because tonight I want to learn all about the secrets in your garden. So we talked a little bit about you being a vocal coach, you yes. being on tour, mm-hmm. some of the people that you've worked with. Yes. But and I don't know all of them. I can't remember all of them. I know. Like you was like, oh yeah, I worked with Molly before. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I forgot. I actually forgot. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, I, I remember we did, the, when you, 
and you oh Miley music yeah yeah okay I know him mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. we work we work very intensely together yeah for about two two and a half months there I'm sure he remember you well I hope I would like to think so yeah like think. <laughs> I, I'm sure he does you yeah know, you made a difference in that performance I'm sure well it was, that's what they said they said it was huge you know and it was on American Idol yeah and uh, he was like the artist, you know, when they had the artist to do the live performance, mm -hmm. he was that guy and I came on the show. Plus, I know all my boys are in the band. Okay. An American Idol band. Those are my boys. Okay. Know? Rick and Miner, all the cats. I know all them cats. Yeah, you know? yeah. Because I used to be one of those cats. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? One of the band cats. Yeah, but I branched off. You yeah. Know? I decided to. Because like, I spoke with my grandfather. He told me, he said, look, man, he said, you know, it's cool to be a doctor. He said, but why not be the brain surgeon? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I, I didn't get it at first. Yeah. You know, he said, he said, you can, he's a brain surgeon. They said, he said, they don't call him often. Yeah. He said, well, when they call him, they get, he get the most money. Yeah. And he spend the least time. Yeah, yeah. I said, shit, I kind of like that. He said, right. now he got, he said, you got to be one of the smartest. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I worked on this shit. I worked yeah. on becoming this vocal coach. And Quincy told me, he said, you could be that guy, man. Mm -hmm. He said, you had this couple, this dude that was working with Michael. He said, he ain't doing a good job. Yeah. And I got a chance to work with Mike. And then it was like, oh, okay. And then from there, you know, I, uh, these people at Capitol Records said they had, because back in those days, they would have uh, A&R people who were not musicians, you okay. know what I'm saying? And or they didn't really they, have an ear for music? Well, they just, you know, and if somebody, they liked music and they was in there, and somebody liked them and they was on the scene, you know, okay. let me give you this job. Yeah, yeah. Know? And it's still, a lot of that's still going on today. Yeah. Not as much as it was back mm -hmm. then, but a lot of it's still going on. So this, she was hiring, she was signing these groups. She, did, she said, well, Doc, I don't know if they're good enough. Mm -hmm. I don't know how they sound. Mm -hmm. I need you to come and tell me. Yeah. I said, but you got the job. Mm -hmm. She said, well, I'll pay you. I said, okay, well, let's do an, what they would call an analysis. So wait, so she was A&R. Yes. She called you yeah. to say if or not they was any good. Yeah, because she, she had already signed them. So um, her boss was trying to, her boss was, was on her butt. You know, she said, Doc, I need to know if they, the real deal. You know, I said, well, damn, you signed them already? She said, yeah, but I don't you know. She said, I don't know. <laughs> I said, okay, well, let's do an analysis on it. She said, well, I'll pay you. So I came up, overnight, I came up with what was called the vocal analysis, mm -hmm. which is, I still use that today, mm -hmm. to this day. Mm -hmm. you know, it's like a staple for, before I work with anybody vocally. Yeah. You have to do a vocal analysis. Yeah. And it's, and it's, an evalu it's a series of evaluation things that you go through to see what, where your strengths and weaknesses are vocally, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, okay. whether it's recording or live. You know? Okay. And, um, I did this, I set up this vocal analysis thing and then I did a printout mm -hmm. and I sent it to her and I said, you can send this to your bosses and also you can tell them this is what you paid for, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so at that point I spent a couple of hours, she gave me 1500 bucks. I was like, okay, I think we can make this thing work, mm -hmm. you know? And so then she said, well, look, doc, uh, my boss was thrilled, you know? He said, now, well, can you, can you, can you do vocal coaching for him? So then I set up a curriculum based on what the vocal, vocal analysis said. I mm -hmm. set up curriculum specifically for them, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and told them how long it was going to be and based prices on how much time I was going to have to spend with each individual in the group and so happy. Yeah. And uh, it, became, uh, it became a real business. Okay. And from that point, she started, uh, every artist that they signed, that, they, that was a singer, a singing group, singing artist, they had some singing involved, mm -hmm. they were sending to me for a vocal analysis. Wow. And so you just kind of created that on a whim. Well, uh, Quincy told me that I should be a vocal coach. Okay. He said, he said, look, man, he said, you should do this on the side, you mm -hmm. know. And I started doing it on the side because I was a so side. So what were you doing I, primarily? I was playing, uh, I was playing keyboards. I was playing percussion. I was singing backgrounds for okay. different artists. I was a touring musician, you know. So, and I, how long I, was this? Uh, I did that for, 
from like say from like 77, 78 up into the early 80s, you know? And okay. then I started, I just went on into the full out to the vocal coaching thing. Because I was playing, I was playing, I was touring with artists, I was playing with different people, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I would go on tour and I would come back. And I would always, you know, I had young kids and I was, I had a pocket full of money, but I would always be on edge about spending it because I didn't know where my next job was coming right, from. Right, yeah. You know, and I, and also it taught me how to manage my money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It taught me a lot about uh, having your own business and, and about sacrificing and about, um, Making uh, certain, you know, you have to prioritize things and keep things in perspective, you know. So I, because I didn't have a check coming every week, right? You know yeah. I mean? uh, you know, and it taught me how to manage. You know. Yeah. And uh, I think that's what I got from that. And then over time, uh, the vocal coaching thing started to pick up. I started making more money doing it. Mm-hmm. And then I decided, okay, well, I want to spend a little time with my kids and watch them grow up and have an impact on them. Yeah. And the vocal coaching allowed me to do that. And I, I was still playing, doing, being a session musician in town mm-hmm. and singing on different people's stuff. And, okay. You know, and getting that So kind I want to talk about <laughs> these bands that you were touring with. But before I do that, uh-huh. I've been trying to go back to the beginning. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, am okay. I throwing you off? No. Okay. <laughs> I love it, but... <laughs> Okay, so let's go back to the beginning. I was born in Los Angeles. I grew up and had my formal education and early education in Memphis, Tennessee. Okay. Uh, and then from there, I went to Tennessee State University in Nashville. I got my bachelor's. Okay, go ahead. I went to the University of Michigan, mm-hmm. graduate school, mm-hmm. studied at Interlochen. You can do a little research and anybody knows what Interlochen is. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a pretty intense musical environment. Okay. And then from there, I went to USC, went to graduate school at USC. and. Uh, being in L.A., uh, you know, hanging out with Patrice Russian and people like Reggie Andrews, who mm-hmm. produced the Daz Band, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and started hanging out with people in the Gap Band. Yeah. And uh, then I started touring, you know. I started being a side musician. And because I could play different instruments, I could do different things. You know, that's yeah. what allowed me to survive. You, you come from a musically inclined family? Yeah, yeah. My mother was a French horn player. Okay. And she sang opera. Okay. And her brother... Uh, was a trumpet player. He was one of the first black trumpet players out here in, in the NBC Orchestra in, in L.A. And what's his name? James Williams. James Williams, okay. Yeah. And um, he gave me my first uh, musical instrument, was, which was a trumpet. When I trumpet. Was, yeah, when I was six years old. So okay. I, I, and which, in, which inspired me to study brass instruments. Okay, yeah, I love you brass. Know? I love So I studied brass. brass instruments. Yeah, my mom was a singer. I would be, I would be playing my instruments and I playing my brass instrument. She would be in the, in, the, in the kitchen washing dishes. And I would hear her say, Hey, son, you put a little more air through that horn, you might be in tune. <laughs> you know, so I would get that kind of stuff. You know. Yeah, that's and so then, cool. And then I, would, I was singing church, and I remember I would be gigging, like on Saturday nights. And she would say, Son, I would want to sleep in on Sunday morning. She said, You know, you got to sing. Sing a solo today with the choir. Yeah. You know. So I had to get up. She said, if you can stay out all night Saturday morning, you can get up and go to church sing Sunday morning. Yep. So, That's the story. And, and uh, those experiences uh, were very educational mm-hmm, for mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. Very educational. I mean, I learned. Uh, and it inspired me a lot on classical singing because uh, the, the particular choir director that we had, she was very 
traditional, but she did a lot of untraditional things. Yeah. Know? Like she would have her singing Handel's Messiah mm. on Christmas, which was a, a, a Christmas piece, but it was by uh, Handel, which was a classical musician. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we were reading music even in the church choir then, you know. Interesting. Yeah, so so what, this so, was a Catholic church? This was a Baptist church. Baptist church. Yeah, yeah. That's what I said. It was very untraditional in a traditional setting. And we also did the, the hard knockdown gospel stuff, yeah. too. You know, we would kill you with that, too. That bass crack. groove. Yeah, yeah, with the crazy harmonies <laughs> and rocking it. We'd be rocking. We could rock, too, you know. Yeah. But I learned that. And, uh, and being in that environment, especially during that time when I was growing up, uh, Stax in Memphis, Tennessee, Stax was there, uh, High Records. So you had... Uh, bands like the Barcades, mm -hmm. uh, you had uh, Johnny Taylor, you had B.B. King, wow. you had, um, you had uh, 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 oh God, Al Green, mm -hmm. you had, uh, uh, um, I mean, there was a ton of, ton of people, I can't even, I don't yeah. even know them all, you know, yeah. Sam and Dave, you had a bunch of folks. B what was uh, B.B. King and uh, B. Bobby Bublin? Bobby Bublin, Bobby Bublin, they all were from Mississippi. Okay. You know, but they came through Memphis because Memphis okay. is like on the border, the Tennessee border of, of Mississippi yeah, and yeah. Memphis and mm -hmm. Tennessee. That's where Memphis sat, right in that corner. Yeah. You know, so, and it was, on, and everybody came through there because it was on the road to Chicago. I-55 was the road to, was a, it was a freeway that went to Chicago. So Got it. It was like, and that freeway, same freeway, went all the way down to New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, okay. Five fifty-five, all the way down to New Orleans. So wow. And my grandparents, my great, my my on my grandfather's side were from New Orleans. Okay. And, and uh, his father, and they they had property in Tennessee. Got it. You know, so you know, that's how they ended up. And then uh, they had he had nine brothers on that side, nine brothers and sisters. So they decided they wanted to be in the city. Yeah. You know, so they did things in the city. My grandfather became a politician. And finance politicians' careers, mm -hmm. and um, consequently, his children, which were my mother and my mm -hmm. uncle, mm -hmm. were able to go to music. You know, were able to study music. Okay. And, and uh, you know, my mom sang in opera. She sang, played fencing. Her brother played trumpet. And they, uh, or another name for it is mellophone. Mellophone, yeah. yeah. And and because I, I never heard French. Well, I've heard of French horn, but I never seen it. But mellophone. It's like it's like the thing that goes around like this. Mm. And people stick their hand in there. Yeah, it's yeah. A brass instrument. You mm -hmm. know, it's played like this. Got three valves mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. You know, so um, you know, being in that kind of environment musically, you know, um, it was it was always and I it was always um, music going on in my house. I remember growing up. I remember as a little boy, I would. Come downstairs. I remember heard here's this doom, 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 doom. I was upstairs and guess what is that noise? You know, I came downstairs and my mom she would be she would be down there singing. Her friends they would all come around. They were musicians and uh, I remember coming down as a little boy. I saw this big ass guitar thing. I saw it's the biggest guitar I'd ever seen. Little did I know it was a string bass. Yeah, you know? yeah. And that's what I was hearing. You know, and mm -hmm. you know, my mom would be sitting over singing. One guy would be playing piano, somebody would be over in the corner playing a trumpet or something, you know, somebody yeah. would be singing. That's what they did, you know. Wow. You know? So I grew up in that kind of environment. I yeah. remember she would take me to the club when I was a little boy. I probably shouldn't have been in there, you know. <laughs> right. But I was in there. Yeah, know? yeah. So I grew up in that kind of environment, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And uh, it was it was like a split between the church and the street, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, it was always conflict there, you know. Yeah. So, so it was never a dull moment to right, say the least. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. I seen all kind of stuff go down. You yeah. Know? <laughs> you know. I could only imagine as a kid, like being a little fly on the wall. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was. That's yeah. What I was, you know. Yeah. So a lot of stuff I didn't understand, but as I grew older, I understood what happened. Mm -hmm. and, you know, gain some hopefully gain some wisdom from that. Yeah. You know yeah. You seem like you have. What to do and what not to do. Yeah. And I made a lot of mistakes now. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. beginning and then I, I left and went to college you know because I was gonna go I was gonna go I was gonna try to go on the road with Al Green because I had mm -hmm. played I played drums on the demo I was still in love with you and my mother my mother said no you're not going on the road I'm not signing it I'm not signing the paper so um I was upset you know so I said okay I gotta get out of here so I went to summer school every year and I graduated early I graduated when I was 16 from high school so then that summer my stepbrother, he was in Nashville, he was going to graduate school at Vanderbilt. Mm -hmm. And he said, look, man, come on up here with me. So I came up there with him. And I'm 16, and then he, little did I know he had set me up. I was, I was, I had, we had, when I graduated from high school, you know, we didn't even know, they didn't know how to give out a lot of scholarships and stuff. And me and my crew, you know, we was just getting ready, we was like, hopefully to get this stuff over so we can go party, right? Yeah. And then at the end, they said, well, we have some special awards that we want to give to some of our students, you know. And they started calling these names, and it was all my buddies' names. I'm looking at them, and they looking at me, and then my name was Carl. And then we're like, and I, but all of us were in music, right? Mm -hmm. We all had about five or six full scholarships to different black HBCUs. Wow. Yeah, so I, I was going to Florida. Yeah. Florida and them. Yeah. You know, and uh, my, my, my stepbrother was in Nashville, and he said, look, man, just stop in Nashville. You know, hang out for the summer, you know. Little did I know he was setting me up to be at TSU, at Tennessee State. Mm. And then they got me a job working on working at the school. He said, well, you might as well enroll, man. You know, so then I, when I enrolled, you know, I knew I, the band director there in the music department, they knew about me. Mm -hmm. And so they wanted me. Yeah. You know, they wanted me to come to that school. Yeah. You know, so they said, well, you know, since you enrolled, uh, you're going to work for me. And we got a job for you. And your job's going to be working in my office, you know, which was Nothing really. Right, right. And so, you know, you take a class or two, you mm -hmm. know, take an elective, you know, take some basic stuff. You got to have PE mm -hmm, and take mm -hmm. a PE class and take mm -hmm. an art class, mm -hmm. you know. And then he says, go over here to this guy, Homer Wheaton. Mm -hmm. He was the financial director. I didn't know what I was doing. I'm 16 now, right? Yeah, yeah. I go over and I sign these papers and stuff. And then he says, go down to the cashier and give her this paper. Went down and gave her the paper. She gave me $1,000. I'm 16. I'm like, damn, what is this, you know? <laughs> But that was the grant money that you get. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. So I didn't stay on campus, so I didn't need the money. Right. I didn't need, I, I just was cash money for me. So yeah. I went back to my stepbrother's place. It was off campus, you know, he had an off, off campus apartment, you know. Mm -hmm. So we had, you know, we started partying, you know. <laughs> next, With a thousand dollars. Yeah, well, you know, and then, you know, and next thing I know, you know, and then I, I was going to school. And then, uh, then, then it was the, the summer, that summer part was over, and then, he said, well, you know, you might as well go and sign up to, you know, before you go to Florida, you know. And then I heard, and I signed up. They gave me another $1,000. I was still happy. You know, I'm 16 now. Yeah. I'm getting this kind of money. I didn't know, you know, I never had that much money in my life. Right. You know? Exactly. You yeah. Know? And I was away from my parents. I was like, I was free, you know. Right. <laughs> you in know? other words. <laughs> yeah, I was free, literally, you know. So I uh, I have an op I, had, I, I heard, um, 
I came in one day to the music department. I heard this band. It was rocking, man. I mean, that was rocking. I mean, I couldn't even stand it. I was drawn to it. I was yeah, just yeah. like, it was calling me, you mm-hmm. know. And I went in there and I saw these cats playing and rocking, you know. They was getting down. Yeah. I mean, it was cold blood. I never heard anything like yeah. that before. And then the guy said, he said, uh, music director, music uh, head of the music department said, you like that? He said, you like that sound? And I said, yeah. He said, you think you're good enough to be a part of that? I said, I don't know. He said, go in, go in there and sit down. Check it out. Mm-hmm. Now, I found out later on that all this stuff was staged. Wow. All of it. All <laughs> of it was staged. <laughs> so I go in there, sit down, and I listen to these band. I'm like, these dudes are grooving. And they looking at me. These were the upperclassmen. Yeah. You know? And so, uh, and this TSU. Yeah. And then he said, he said, well, look, um, he said, uh, the freshman will be in. The freshman going to be coming in. He said, you're already in school. He said, you're already enrolled. He said, so. He said, if you're good enough, you might be able to be a part of this. And so then the next day, the next evening, uh, I heard him. We was at our apartment and I heard these trumpets from way across the thing, you know, cause you knew, you, knew, you know how you can hear it. Mm-hmm. And I said, damn, what is that? You know, yeah. scratching my head. I go over there and I see they, they was killing it. By then they was killing it. I yeah. mean, it was like, it would make chills come on yeah. me to hear that yeah. stuff. And they were playing something like, I don't know what they were playing. I think they were playing Star Spangled Banner. Okay. But just the sound, the sound yeah, of that line, it tripped me out, you mm-hmm. know? So, um, at that point I'm like, damn. I wonder if I could be a part of that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, I, and, and then I started, and so I, I asked one of the dudes, and I saw a dude that was from my neighborhood in Memphis, you know? Mm-hmm. I said, I said, yeah, see, man, I've been there, said, you know, something. He said, you ain't good enough to be in that holiday. He said, you ain't good enough, you know? And that was the thing, you know, they didn't tell you yeah, you weren't good enough. Because yeah. they was, they was, they had it going on. Yeah. You know, they had it going on. They was dancing and playing and singing at the same time. Yeah. With no music in front of their face, you know, no, they was memorizing. Yeah, from memory, like you know? they was grooving. Oh, it was ridiculous. So. Yeah. I decided, okay, let me try it out. Yeah. Uh, my second year there, I, long story short, I eventually enrolled in school. So you did? I got in the band. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> made, made the shit. You got know. it. And uh, my second year there, I became one of the choreographers for the band. Okay. And, okay, so the choreographer for the, uh, the for major. The inti- for- entire band. So drum majors, majorettes, yeah, yeah, everybody. everybody. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, the majorettes had their own thing. They had their own thing. Yeah, okay. But I was just for the actual guys in the band. The band, yeah, the band. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, including the I, drum majors. Not, yeah, including the drum majors. And they did a little slightly different thing. But, yeah. You know, it was all coordinated through yeah. us. Yeah. And two other guys, you know. Dude. And that was my second year at that second time. Second year. So you were 18? 17, 18 years old. At this yeah. Point? Yeah. Dang. yeah. Yeah. You know, so I'm getting this kind of experience, you know, at, at the, such a young age. You yeah. Know, and I'm working. I'm with these grown dudes, you know, yeah. these grown ass men, you know, and uh, I, which made me in turn grow up very fast. Yeah. Know? And then I was uh, at night, I was gigging. Mm-hmm. I was playing the chitlin circuit. Which meant I didn't really go to class that yeah. much, early classes, you know. I remember, which meant I had to take uh, music theory for four years because uh, the, uh, music, music theory you're only supposed to take for two years. Oh, uh, so you so you was playing so around. What, what, no, no, no. I, what happened was I, w- I would come to the class on test day. Mm-hmm. I would pass the test, but uh, 60% of my grade was participation. participation. 
And I remember the, the doctor, doctor, doctor Simpson. I remember his name. He said, uh, he said some people have the talent. <laughs> he said some people they have to work really hard to get their grades. And then he said some people looked over at me. They just don't give a damn. <laughs> you know. So I was, I was like I was a marked man, pretty yeah. much. You know. And uh, I remember my third, my third year. I'm like, the hell with this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go study law. Mm-hmm. So for yeah, so for a semester, I was in law. I studied law. I studied political science, and I was. Mis- <laughs> I said, was it boring? I was totally miserable. Oh, I already know. I, I totally could hear miserable. that. <laughs> and, and I didn't. Political I didn't do science. very well. And then when I came back, they said, "Well, we so you know that my piano teacher she said, she said, you ready to go to work now?" Right. I said yes. She said, well, "We we won't let you go out of here and misrepresent us." She's saying, we expect you to graduate on time. Yeah. She said, so we got a plan for you. She said, if you're willing to follow it. So at that point, I followed their plan, and here I am today. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, so uh, started at TSU. Yeah. That's yeah, not, yeah. and you said that was your brother set that up, so. Well, yeah, they kind of my, they kind of set it up kind of like on the slide, because I was on my way to Florida and them. Yeah. I was going with the Rattlers. Yeah. I was going to do the damn thing yeah. down there, but I, I remember the Second game that we played was against the Rattlers in Tallahassee. Mm. We kicked their ass. Yeah. And, and <laughs> so uh, you was happy you made oh, the no, right I, choice. I knew, I knew I made the right choice. <laughs> I, knew I, made the, I knew I made the right choice when I made the band. Yeah. When I actually made the band. So wait, was TSU uh, doing Battle of the Bands with like Grambling and Southern oh, no, them? We, we was the best ones. We yeah. was, when, when I was coming through, we were the best. So y'all was battling them? We, they, it was no battle. When we showed up, <laughs> there was no battle. There was no battle. <laughs> It was, we, yeah. we, were the, we were the best. Yeah. We were the best. They knew TSU, we, okay. We were the best. I don't best. know if I've heard too much about TSU, well, well, in your in your era, probably not. Because so you're talking about a lot. You're talking about the 70s. You're oh, talking, yeah, 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 70s. yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you're talking, you're, about, right. you're talking about the 70s. See, I was, and I was, and I was young then, myself. Yeah, I was yeah, young then. I was, yeah. I was 16. Like mm-hmm. I said, I was 16, 17. I graduated from, from undergraduate school when I was 20 years old. Okay. So when did TSU, uh, like band reputation die down? A couple, few years after I left. A few years after I left. Okay. Because what we, they started, we, we went, I remember my fourth year, I did not march because the band went on strike. And, uh, that's when they, and they had another thing where, cause in my, when I came in the band, it was only women marching in the band. Oh. And only women were the major rest and the flag people, you know. Guy, got yeah, it was yeah. Only guys, okay. you know, only guys, you know. Because they felt that it was too rigorous, and it was, and, and it was, a, it was, a, it was a man kind of thing. Yeah, you know, I mean, like guys would be, be ripping, and, and you know, they they start, and they tell them, hey man, they, they, you know, they do the fast, fast march. They tell, them, look man, don't go around the goalposts and come back. These fools who go doing the game, doing the actual show, they would break out and run all the way down the field to the goalpost, come through the center of the goalpost, and come back and be in line on time. And be, be out of breath like, and they would practice it yeah. night after night, which was, which was, which was pretty phenomenal. When yeah, you see yeah. it on film, like when you see it on film, it's like, whoa. Yeah. You know, they did that. And we set yeah. the template for what these kids are doing today. Yeah. 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 Pioneer. Yeah. yeah we, we were definitely the pioneers. Yeah. You know? you know, and I remember back during that time, Grambling went to Africa. They were the first black college band to go to Africa. So we, we were kind of pissed off about that because we thought we should have gone. Yeah. You know, and they weren't as good as us. You know? Yeah. But we, you know, we played all, we played for the Chicago People Bears. will argue you down. Oh, oh to the ground. Argue to the ground. This down. Is, oh, to the ground. <laughs> to the ground. I've, I've had knockdown drag outs about that. 
you know. And you know, I'm going, already knowing. I, I mean, I go, especially when I go down south and go to some of these, like some of these events and stuff. You know, yeah. when you went, you went to, uh, you went, oh man, I mean, yeah, that's the night I did, man. Yeah, y'all went to ones. We were the ones. Y'all might have had the women. Like, yeah. And then you talk, we talking about Texas Southern. You talking mm-hmm. about Grambling. You talking about Southern University. Mm-hmm. You talking about uh, Bethune Cookman. You talking mm-hmm. about Florida and M. You talking yeah. about all those schools. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? You know, I mean, it was it was it was, it was a great time to be in school. And plus, we learned a lot. Yeah. So we they taught. We didn't we didn't we didn't skirt around mm-hmm. the actual craft itself. You know. Yeah. These people these people were not going to let me graduate unless I knew what the fuck I was doing. Right. 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 And right. They, they, they were they, they told me that. They yeah. told me that. That's why I took theory for four years. Mm-hmm. The dude, he said, look, you're going to take freshman theory for two years, and you're going to take sophomore theory for two years. He said, if you don't look out. I didn't look out. I was still going doing that top 40 gig. I was on the chilling circuit. I, yeah. Every weekend, I'd be I, on, on, on Thursday night. Yeah. I'd, be on, I'd be on the highway, man. Yeah. And, and I was playing trumpet, going to them clubs, playing all night. But that's what made me... Well, you have photos of all this? I don't have photos, baby. No, I need some photos, dog. Back then, back then, we weren't even thinking about photos. We just trying to get through the gig, man, you know. Oh, my it was God. Eight, eight dudes in a van, you know. Yeah. And we were going around from town to town. We were in all these small towns in the mid-south and the south. Of, and, you know, we go as far north as Chicago. Mm-hmm. As far south as uh, Atlanta, mm-hmm. you know. As far east as Winston-Salem. You know, mm-hmm. uh, maybe Memphis is far west. You know, okay, dang, we, okay. Yeah, but we we were rolling, man. We were rolling, and we played some dives. You know, some mm-hmm. places we had to get out late at night because uh, we'd be in a little small town in, in the middle of Alabama. We had to get out of there. Mm-hmm. You know, we had to get out of there. So yeah. you've been dealing with this, like oh no, been... no, this this black white thing, man. This has been it's been a part of. You know, I remember when I was at TSU. We played uh, Alabama State, and mm-hmm. I think it was Tuskegee or somewhere in Alabama. Mm-hmm. And we were coming in on the bus. I remember waking up and seeing it was the sun was just going down. I remember waking up and seeing this tall ass cross burning. And I, it's etched in my mind. I will never forget this. Yeah. I, and, I, and they were letting us know, where, you know, because they knew we were coming down that road. We had to come through that road to get to the town. So they lit this. They lit this. Lit this cross up. Let us know you where you at, man. This is where you are, bro. You in you in our you in the clan. This country. was the seventies. This was the seventies. You in the clan country. This is after Martin Luther King had passed away. Yeah. You know. So how you feeling today? Like how you feeling about everything that's going well, on? Well, I feel today. You should have been next up on Virtuous Optimist Podcast. We in Beaumont. The guy said, "Well, son, uh, I think y'all better get on out here tonight." looking at everybody so we up in the hotel you know got the girl we just getting ready to get set motherfuckers is high and shit yeah we just it was getting ready to go it's getting ready to kick up a couple notch we can be returning that turn that level more time you know yeah and the dude phone rings i said bro man he said man he said man pack it up man i said pack it up he said we're going to the next town we're gonna spend the day in, gonna spend the next time spend the day out in baton rouge we leave tonight I said, tonight? I said, man, we got it. He said, yeah, I know, Doc. He said, but, you know, tell your boys, man. Shut them down. Speaking of the COVID, how they did them on the ground. Speaking of the COVID, because it's still going around.